follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Everybody is entitled to their 15 minutes of fame. Now you'll get to hear some of those people share their wisdom and insight on the fame game on Voice America Kids. Now, here's your host, Maddie Rose. Welcome, everybody, to the Fame Game. I'm your host, Maddie Rose, and today we have a very special guest. His name is David Lloyd of David Lloyd Photography, and I've actually been working with David since I was 10 years old, so I happen to know him very well, and I've had the pleasure of working with him over all of these years, and, you know, we kind of seen myself grow up through photos, essentially. And um, just on a side note, I'm so sorry if I sound congested. It is allergy season, and I unfortunately caught all of that. So thank you so much, David, for being on my show, and I'm really glad you could join me. Oh, yes, me too, Maddie. This is a real special treat. You know, I've been on your show once before. Yes, that's right. And uh, now I have a really special uh, uh, book that I've just written to share. Mm-hmm, absolutely, yes, and I can't wait to talk about it. So to start off with, for those who don't know about you, uh, tell us a little bit about your background and what you enjoy doing. Well, uh, primarily I enjoy photography. However, I have had a very illustrious career as an electronics engineer in the aerospace industry and actually began my career, which was a, a, a double uh, opportunity for me with the Vivitar Company Corporation. This was back in the 1970s, um, and Vivitar was a very well-known name in uh, photography. And I was a new product design engineer and... Uh, primarily worked on electronic flash, the small flash units that typically go above your camera uh, or on the camera hot shoe. And so uh, that's been a a real uh, wonderful experience for me, and I've carried that forward with uh, my lighting workshops and uh, photography lighting uh, teaching. So... That's great. And what inspired you to, you know, go into this profession? Like, how did one day you just came to it and said, you know, I love photography? Or what was your story? Well, my story is really interesting. My uh, uncle, Julian uh, Ely, was a staff photographer and then chief editor for the Pacific Stars and Stripes in Japan. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah, in the Pacific Rim was the first American to officially photograph the Emperor of Japan. Hmm, No way. I didn't even know this. Yes, I know. (laughs) (laughs) After all of these years. (laughs) Right, right. So, you know, that was uh, quite an honor. And uh, he was invited to the summer uh, palace in Hayama to photograph the emperor and his family, you know, on their garden grounds and on the beach. Emperor Hirohito was very much into marine biology. So Hmm. he had a boat and uh, loved the ocean. And my uncle had an exclusive opportunity to photograph him in that setting. So when my uncle returned from uh, being overseas, uh, you know, I saw these fabulous photographs. And to me, photography was like perfection. It was such an amazing thing. Not just snapshots, but really beautiful photos. So when I was 13, my uncle sent me a um, brownie Hawkeye camera. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) And I declared myself a shutterbug. That's awesome. (laughs) No, that's a great story. I mean, 
like I said, I didn't even know that. So <laughs> that is so interesting, though. And it's really great that you found it. And you're a very good photographer. You're oh, very talented. You. You're welcome. And so, you know, going and exploring more into photography, what would you say your photography style is overall? Well, I'm very attracted, and I think this is particularly due to the fact that my uncle was in the service in the, you know, the 40s. Um, I'm very attracted to the style of Hollywood in the 1940s, that lighting techniques, you know, in the films as well as the way in which the the stars of that era were depicted. So I wanted to learn that. I, you know, it, it seemed remarkable to me. And my first opportunity to really get involved with lighting was uh, when I worked for NBC as a lighting gaffer. Uh, I, this, I had just come out of the army. I had, you know, been in Okinawa, uh, and I returned and had an opportunity to work for NBC in Burbank. And my first assignment was, uh, you know, setting lights for the stage. So. Uh, and, and this was the same type of lighting that was used in film for the the uh, the 40s movies. So it just, you know, gelled. And uh, that's actually a pun because they use gels. Gel lights. <laughs> yeah. They're colorful and they make everything beautiful. <laughs> so um, that's – I think that's where – I really began to flourish in the way in which I envisioned, you know, photography and the art of taking photographs. That's wonderful. Yeah, and I absolutely love the 1940s setting and that Hollywood mm-hmm. setting. I've gotten to go a few of the lighting workshops that you've actually held surrounded by the theme of 1940s. And I think I was, I want to say 13 at the time, and we did an Audrey Hepburn yes. um, remake of mm-hmm. one of her movies. And I thought that that was the coolest things, and those are still some of my favorite pictures to this day. Oh, yeah, that was so fun. It was actually, I wanted to create an image, and of course you were the perfect model for oh, it. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, depicted Audrey Hepburn in the movie Roman Holiday. And of course she, you know, rode around on a Vespa motor scooter, so we brought one into the studio mm-hmm. for you. Yes, a vintage Vespa. It was perfect. <laughs> yes, it literally. was. Literally. And the hair from the makeup, I looked nearly close to Audrey Hepburn, so I thought that that was the coolest thing ever. Yes, it certainly was. And that actually kind of launched the idea uh, of creating a book uh, based on you know lighting. That's wonderful. And yay, it turned out very well. <laughs> I'm so glad I've been able to be a part of this book. And David, tell me a little bit about, um, you know, going to school to train for this profession. Did you ever take any training or any education as far as to further your photography career? Absolutely. Uh, What brought me to that was a very interesting story. I um, had been doing portrait photography. My daughters were, um, you know, quite young, and you've met them all. Yes. (laughs) And... uh, they were going to Japanese language school. So uh, I had, uh, I was working as an engineer uh, for a large uh, aerospace firm in North Hollywood at Lytton Guidance and Control. And um, I also was working for a local photographer in that area. I'm sorry, in that uh, vicinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, was he was teaching me portrait photography 
So I was really excited about it, so I kind of hung up my shingle, you know, in the office and, you know, would actually photograph uh, headshots and portraits for some of the employees. And then some of the students from the Japanese language school wanted to get their portrait. And I took some fabulous photos of these two sisters, and I had the occasion to show them, uh, show the photos to um, a professional photographer that I met. And he said, you know, these look really great, David, but do you know why? And I kind of looked at him and I said, well, um, they're pretty girls. (laughs) (laughs) So you're like, that's it. (laughs) So, no, he said, you know, it's because of the lighting. And he said, um, I think what you should do is you should study lighting, you know, in earnest. So um, I thought, well, all right. So I enrolled in a, a, an evening class at Art Center College of Design. Uh, I was working as an engineer at that time with Vivitar, and I was designing lighting equipment. So I figured, okay, I better really get, you know, because mm-hmm. t- up until then it had, I was self-taught. You know, I, I had the, the vision of being able to see what I liked and then, you know, reproduce it. But I really needed to know, you know, what are the techniques all about? You know, what is lighting? How, how is it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it makes a difference. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So from Light Center, I'm sorry, <laughs> from Art Center in Pasadena and learning, uh, you know, what my instructor was teaching about lighting, that really launched my, I guess, passion about really becoming uh, excellent in the field of lighting of, for photography primarily. That's wonderful. And I'm so glad that you decided to, you know, become the master of lighting, as me <laughs> and my other boss, Pam, calls us, you. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, it, it truly does make a difference, and I've seen that as well. Like, we have taken photos without flash, and mm-hmm. maybe it needs flash, and it's so dark, and you can just see that. And then when you take on the flash and you put it in the right spots, you have hair light – perfect. Oh, yeah. It just looks so beautiful. Well, you know, uh, the human face and, of course, body as well is full of contours. Mm -hmm. And the only way to show those contours on the the 2D art of photography is through lighting with uh, shadows and highlights. So knowing where to place the highlights and where the shadows will be cast is really, really important. It's definitely an art. (laughs) It is. And like you said, you know, being able to get training and education is super helpful. So I'm sure that you can testify as well that you would strongly encourage, you know, anybody looking into getting into photography or perhaps wants to delve deeper into some of the topics associated with that than to possibly seek out some different kinds of trainings or lighting workshops that are available to them. Absolutely. And uh, following my... um time at Art Center, I went to the um, University of San Diego and spent eight summers. Oh, uh, eight summers? Eight summers. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I did hear that right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, learning more about photography, oh, lighting and posing mm-hmm. and, you know, all, all of the uh, ins and outs. So it was uh, quite a, a wonderful treat. For sure. And I'm sure that we can all say that, you know, photography isn't the easiest thing. It can definitely become a challenge. Absolutely. The thing is, with uh, digital photography and the cameras that are available, 
it creates the impression that photography might be easy. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of photographers have gotten on board and they're excited about, you know, building a business. And they're really good with Facebook. And so they, you know, typically get a lot of clients. But their images don't take on the character of what a trained photographer would be able to accomplish. For sure. And you are a certified professional photographer. Yes, I am. So you have gone through all of that training. Yes. And so I want to jump in a little bit into the the lighting workshops before Mm -hmm. we have to end this segment. But what is it like being a teacher then? So going through all of that training, you know, being the student for the longest time and then becoming the teacher. Well, you know, this is a a really interesting question because, excuse me, at a very early age, I pretended that I was a teacher. Oh, I mean, so it's meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> I, what I would do is I would want to learn something, and so I would learn it from the basis of how would I learn this in a way that I could teach somebody else. And so I, every opportunity that I had, if I wanted to learn something, I put myself into the biz- position of needing to teach somebody what the skill was. And that became the learning curve for me is that I would learn something, I would teach it, learn it, teach it, and it just became a natural consequence of the way in which I chose to learn anything would be from the perspective of how would I teach this to someone else. I think that's so interesting, and I'm so glad that, too, that, you know, you could kind of figure it out when you were younger, too, that, you know, you wanted to to do something to this extent, because I think that when we're all growing up, there are so many things right in front of us that we just kind of move along, and it's not until later in life we're like, wow, this is what I was meant to do all along, you know? Exactly. But it's just, again, finding those interests and and kind of pursuing them. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you were able to, you know, kind of put two and two together, it worked out very well. Yes, it has, and I, I really am thrilled with the teaching experience and being able to share what I've learned. Yes, you're a great teacher. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. I've seen you teach many times. So. Yes, you have. <laughs> and I've been there to help with, you know, demonstration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do my part. <laughs> you certainly do. Oh, thank you. Well, with that being said, we do have to take a quick little break, so let's go ahead and do that. Keep it right here. You're listening to The Fame Game. a responsible person and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet but are you doing enough we've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green mario jr is the host of alive and green the show is all about green tips staying environmentally friendly and having fun while doing something great for our mother earth you'll want to check out the show tuesdays at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time on the voice america kids channel if we all do our part now it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. 
Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon appetit! You're tuned in to Maddie Rose and the Fame Game on the Voice America Kids Channel. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fame Game. I'm Maddie Rose. We're back with David Lloyd of David Lloyd Photography. So we had a wonderful first segment talking about David's background, how he began photography, and we started, you know, talking a little bit about the education and training that's involved in pursuing uh, at a professional level. And we even talked about and ended on the note of, you know, what's it like to be a teacher after being a student for so long? And I'm really glad we explored that question because I just think it gives us insight to the fact that, you know, it takes time to learn all of these things, but once you have it, it's great to share your wealth of knowledge with others. So my next question for you, David, is what are some of your favorite things to take photos of? So do you have some, a particular, you know, item type people or are you just kind of well-versed all around? Um, I really enjoy portrait photography. However, uh, I have also explored uh, landscape photography, seascape photography, wildlife photography, macro photography. So all of it really interested me. I discovered that with landscape and seascape photography that it's not very simple. Uh, you can see something beautiful, but being able to capture it is, you know, different a, story. a different story. <laughs> and I discovered that nature, you know, that creates this beautiful splendor, is very fickle. I used to live on the central coast of California, and I thought, well, what I'm going to do, I'm going to create some seascape, you know, canvases, and I'm going to sell them to doctor's offices and lawyer's offices, you know, for decoration. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, I can probably get, you know, enough photos in three or four weeks. It took me six years. Oh, my goodness. So it definitely wasn't (laughs) as easy as we thought. (laughs) Because I would go to the, you know, to the ocean on a very regular basis and looking for, you know, the perfect lighting, the perfect, you know, atmosphere, Mm -hmm. clouds and sunsets and so forth. And every time I got there, it was a different scene, even though I knew, you know, the, the actual placement of, you know, the rocks and the coast and so forth. And I got lots of really beautiful pictures, but I, because I'm a kind of a perfectionist, you know, wanting to get that perfect photo, mm-hmm. um, I decided that uh, I was going to keep after it until I captured, you know, some images that were really meaningful to me. A very famous wedding photographer um, made a comment that uh, is very interesting. He says, there isn't a perfect photo, but there is a perfect moment. So I think every photographer that wants to achieve something is looking for that perfect moment, and then hopefully they'll be able to capture it, you know, if they're prepared. That is right. And I like that. That's actually really, really nice. You know, not a perfect photo, but a perfect moment. And I think that resonates so well with what you're saying is because, you know, there truly can't be a perfect photo. I mean, that's clearly almost nearly impossible but 
if it's perfect to you in that moment, then you kind of done your job. Yes, and I had a really interesting experience, which I guess you would say took me to a different level of um, perspective with photography. As prepared as you can be when those perfect moments happen, it's anybody's guess as to whether you'll actually create it because it's so awe-inspiring. And this can be whether you're taking a photo of a person, you know, and they have a glance or an expression that just moves you emotionally, or whether it's a, a seascape or landscape, and then all of a sudden every element comes together. It's so overwhelming to experience that that, you know, you just want to see it and experience it. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, I need to take a photo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's great to note. And you do a lot of different events. So mm-hmm. you photo- photograph everything from, I know you do a lot of weddings as well. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, wouldn't that be kind of an example of, you know, like you're trying to get certain angles, you know, there's a lot going on and you're trying to, you know, get everything perfect. And it's kind of one of those things where it's in the moment. Absolutely, yeah. A wedding, you know, just happens, and you have to be there. You to know, take prepared. photos everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's, you know, lighting is really great, and I created a portable lighting kit specifically for radi- radios for weddings, mm-hmm. and um, that has actually helped quite a bit. And I do mention that uh, portable lighting kit in my book as well. Oh, wonderful. So everybody can have one. That's so right. wonderful. Yes. That is great. And I want to ask you, because I know we're talking a lot about lighting, um, I want to get more into the logistics. So the importance of lighting, of course, enhances, as you said, the different contours of the body. So what is important to note when um, achieving the perfect lighting? What types of different lights do you need? Uh, what would you give somebody right, advice what's for? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Most importantly... And this dates back to the Renaissance period. Um, Learning posing and lighting uh, for different looks is really important. And during the Renaissance, the camera obscura was used um, to help the painter really see the correct perspective. And very often in that period of time, and this is, you know, well before photography, uh, the portrait artists of that time uh, were learning lighting dimensionally uh, with window light, essentially, or light which was flowing through some kind of aperture. Uh, it could be the aperture of, of leaves, you know, through a tree uh, or a group of trees that creates this kind of like this light that's coming in from the side. And as it washes and, and splashes across the facial features or the contours of, of uh, the materials of their clothing, it creates a luminous effect uh, that you only get when you have light and shadow transitioning across the, uh, the scene. My uncle, uh, Julian, uh, in his lessons uh, to me for photography, said that in order to create drama, you need to have the sequence of highlight, shadow, highlight, shadow across the frame of the image. And that creates, you know, a sense of depth and mystery. So that was very well explored in the 40s and the way in which uh, the movies were uh, uh, illuminated. 
And then that also translated back into the way that the stars were photographed with those wonderful black and white photographs. Oh, yes. And now the fact that we're talking about it more, so many people don't necessarily know that there are so many components to, you know, photography and lighting and and truly the importance of it. And I'm even learning a lot, too, because it is true, like I've seen in some of your image, in order to create a certain look, you have to kind of fiddle around with the lighting. And Mm -hmm. maybe that means different placement or more lights in different places and depending on the time of the day. And sometimes you can have natural light and that's really great. And overcast is beautiful light. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So another element there, uh, you were asking about the, you know, where the lights are placed. Uh, The first concern is that you want to uh, create the position of the main light. That's the light which is generating the shadow patterns across the features. So that's very important. And there are five positions essentially for, or five lighting patterns um, in uh, portrait photography. Another really interesting element is that there are five planes to the human face. So the forehead, the bridge of the nose, the two cheeks just under the eyes, and the chin. These are contours which are pushing out from the the surface of the, the face, and it's very important that those be properly illuminated in order to show the true beauty of, of the individual's uh, features. So the main light uh, typically will uh, be above the subject by about 30 degrees and can transition over an arc of, uh, if you say, let's say 12 o'clock would be pushing a shadow underneath the nose. That's called butterfly lighting. And then if you move that uh, to the left or to the right, you push the nose shadow opposite the the main light to the... uh, one side or other. So roughly in the position of um, five o'clock to seven o'clock for the nose shadow. So using a clock face is a really good way to um, to indicate, you know, where the main light position should be. Then the, the next role is the fill light. The fill light then wants to lift the shadow value so that you have a good contrast ratio in the lighting. And then the third light Uh, would be the hair or the edge light. And what that does, it creates a light source that's out of frame that creates the mystery of what is the setting because there's light coming in from the side. So it creates mood and also separates the subject from the background. So that's kind of a really brief synopsis of uh, lighting patterns. Yes, And it's so much fun, though. I mean, Mm -hmm. after you get the hang of it, I'm sure that now it's kind of like second nature to you, right? It is, and yet every time... It is, in in a way, (laughs) right? (laughs) Every time I I photograph someone, um, I'm always looking, you know, to push the envelope. Oh, of course. You you must, right? Mm -hmm. You know, to be the great photographer that you are, you need to continue exploring and, you know, trying different things. And you definitely do that... I can see, you know, try what makes, you know, again, the perfect photo in, in your definition. And it's always great to see what images, new images that you can capture as the years go by. Yes, it is. It's it's a real, I don't know, it's just a passion. and it, it uh, You never get tired of it. Ab- absolutely. And that's a good thing to hear because, and the, oh my goodness, I say this all the time on my show, but it is so true. And I post it on Instagram and social media too. But you must do what you love. You just simply cannot, you know, settle for 
just the cliche or cookie cutter um, profession or hobby, because if you're truly not passionate about it, then, you know, you're not going to invest yourself into it. Yes. Uh, on that uh, note, a very famous uh, author, um, Malcolm Gladwell, wrote a book called, um, let's see, the, oh dear. Anyway, it's about people mm-hmm. who really excel, outliers. But that's it. That's it. Anyway, he discovered through his research that every uh, individual who has achieved a greatness in their field has put in about 10,000 hours of passionate study and work. 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours, yeah. What do you know? Yeah, exactly. And the only way a person can do that is through passion. Mm-hmm. If it's you know if it's not a subject or a, a a topic that you are passionate about, you won't put that amount of time into it. Mm-hmm. No, that is so true. I hundred and ten percent agree. <laughs> That's great. Wow. 10,000 hours. Who knew, right? (laughs) That's so interesting. Well, hey, that is a good note to end on. And in the next segment, we're going to be talking about your book. So that's so excited. We'll dedicate the entire segment to that because, of course, we have a lot of great things to talk about. And we want everybody to, you know, have the opportunity to purchase the book if they'd like. Wonderful. Yes. So with that being said, let's go ahead and take another quick little break. Keep it right here. You're listening to The Fame Game. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow. You set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you. You're tuned in to Maddie Rose and the Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, let's get back to our show. 
Welcome back, everybody, to the Fame Game. I'm Maddie Rose, as you know. And so we're here with David, and we're going to be talking about his new book called Creative OCF Lighting Techniques for Photographers. And this is so, so exciting for David because, like I said, I've known David for quite some time, and it's just really great to, you know, see all of his hard work and efforts come into this wonderful book that everybody can use for their photography as well. And I've had the opportunity of being in the book quite a few times, so it's so exciting that I've gotten to be a part of your journey. So thank you for allowing me to be there for that. Well, you've been an inspiration, Maddie. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. So tell us about your book, David. What's, what is this all about? Well, it's a kind of a dream come true. And I, you know, it's all about teaching. And as I began my uh, photographic lighting workshops, um, I realized, and of course I had been to a lot of workshops. I'd been to, you know, colleges uh, I had studied photography, and I realized that I needed something tangible to have after the lecture, after the demonstration, because, you know, we, I think our subconscious mind picks up everything, but our conscious mind that's going to allow us to really use what we learn mm-hmm. It's very, you know, it requires study. Oh, it's so true. I've, in psychology, the brain only picks up about 20% of everything that you've gone over within that time frame. So to think that, you know, all these photographers only come home with 20% of what they've learned or I come from 20% of what I've learned in class, it's all the same thing. So yeah. this is a great resource to have afterwards, as you're saying. Absolutely. And so people learn in different ways. Some people are very visual. Some people, you know, really do well with reading something. I wanted to create, and in my classes, um, I just thought, well, how can I give the students something back that will reinforce what we've been, you know, teaching and experiencing together? And so I thought, well, okay, I'll, I'll write up some tutorials, you know, and I'll give those to the class and they'll have material. And as I began to develop those tutorials, I realized, well, I need more than just a tutorial. I need photographs. So I began to compile those tutorials and compile the photographs that I was capturing into book format. And it actually took four years to create the book. And um, I have brought a copy here today that I would like you to sign because you're one of the principal models in the book and I I want to have a keepsake. Oh, well, thank <laughs> you, David. I'd be honored to sign it. <laughs> thank you. Yes. So, I mean, wow, four years and it's like you said, a dream come true. And I'm so glad that you've reached this success because I know it takes a lot to, you know, put all of your will, passion, and effort into, you know, a project at this length. And I mean, it's a wonderful book. It's over 100 pages. There's beautiful pictures, beautiful, beautiful pictures that, of course, reinforce your style Mm -hmm. of photography. And I mean, it has all of the diagrams and uh, lighting techniques. So like you said, this is just something that's so tangible that people can take home and really follow in their own day-to-day photography. Absolutely. And, and when I began writing the book, I wondered, you know, how would I progress from one section to another? And, you know, people have different retention rates uh, in terms of what they look at, what they study, and 
you know, some people have to work harder than others in order to retain the information. But I wanted the information to be inspiring. So I decided that every chapter and every section should have really beautiful photos and then not only an explanation of how those photos were created, but a story. A story to relate the technique with the photograph. Because people do remember stories. You know, you go to a movie and you tell your friends about it, how great it was. It's a story. So if a photograph and the chapter of a book can be a story, then I think it has more impact. It, it stays with the person longer. Mm-hmm. So, that, so each chapter, instead of necessarily being progressive, is almost, you know, uh, a story in itself. It's a, it's a, a way of telling about uh, lighting and depicting it in the photographs in a way that is uh, a little easier to remember. For sure. And I love the the aspect of a story because, like you said, people can just relate to it so much better. Mm-hmm. And you remember stories. Right. Stories are everything in my book. <laughs> and I absolutely love telling stories. And I'm sure many people that have listened to my show for a while know that I love stories and I rant about them all the time. I just can't stop talking because <laughs> I get into a good story and I'm like, all right, Maddie, the time's up and I'm still talking 20 minutes later. It's fine. But no, that is so wonderful. And I mean, the book came out so beautiful. So, so beautiful. I remember um, when you were just ordering your proofs. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was kind of there to, you know, see how this book progressed. And you showed me, you know, it digitally on the computer. And I was like, wow, blown away by, you know, the, the whole process in itself, because there are many steps to doing this. And you did proof it quite a few times. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Everything from the mechanics to, you know, grammar, like everything has to be reviewed in a book such as this. Yes, and I have a really wonderful uh, editor uh, that after I had actually published the the first few copies, um, I sent it over to uh, a very close friend of mine who's basically a copy proofer. And uh, she, um, you know, went through page by page, you know, and sent me back the, uh, the corrections. <laughs> yes, that's important. <laughs> and, and mostly, uh, you know, she would be able to pick out sentences that may have, you know, too many commas mm-hmm. or should be separated with Doesn't dashes. Doesn't flow as well. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And she would give me suggestions for, you know, rewriting the sentence. And uh, all the spelling was correct. And maybe that's mostly because of the spell correction, you know, that that uh, Oh, yes, that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> However, there are sometimes more than one way to spell a word. Yes, and that's where everything <laughs> starts getting very tricky. <laughs> so anyway, then I had the, the uh, revised edition with those uh, updates. And uh, that was um, a project in itself. Oh, yes, of course. However... Um, Getting back to the stories, there's one story in there which is basically I call Escape uh, from Berlin. And it takes place in the 40s, and I'm using um, a um, uh, a picture of a gal uh, that attended as a model to one of my 40s lighting workshops. And um, she's, you know, sitting in front of an airplane, and so uh, with suitcases and almost as if, you know, there's a little mysterious story involved. So I read, wrote up a little story about Escape from Berlin. That, oh, nice. Yeah, it was really fun. 
Yeah, so you can get creative in this. It doesn't all have to be raw material. And that's why the fact that you included stories into here, I think it makes your book very special and unique, you know, opposed to other uh, photography technique books Mm -hmm. because of the fact that you were creative and you wanted to reel in your audience and not just, you know, give out such dry material, which is fabulous because it's, it's necessary, but we can do it in a way that's still appealing and attractive yes, to the definitely. audience. Another uh, couple of things which I decided to do, many books on photography, uh, which are, you know, published by, you know, f- well-known uh, publishers are vertical format and they're soft cover. Um, but I wanted to have this more like a tabletop, you know, a copy table book. So it's the horizontal format and it's hardcover. So it really has a, a look of elegance. And the printing company, which I use, is in Amsterdam. Uh, and the printing quality is just exceptional. Oh, it's beautiful. It turned out wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that you said that you'd like to stray away from the typicalness of a, a photography technique book Mm -hmm. and go with the hardcover because I I like hardcover books. I don't know what it is about it, to be (laughs) honest. (laughs) But no, it's beautiful. And I think everything came out really great. So what was your reaction when you first got, you know, the book, the finished book, the finished product, and you're like, this is everything that I've been working for for four years? (laughs) Right. Um, Well, you know, I had with the proof copies that you had mentioned earlier, you know, that was exciting to see. And and the first proof copy, I think, had 35 pages or something like that. But it was, I wanted to proof the idea Mm -hmm. and also test the printing quality of this company in Amsterdam. So uh, that was very exciting. And then when I came, you know, in, in, in the final version, when I ordered it, you know, it was like, you know, pins and needles. I was so anxious to get it, you know, and be able to start uh, promoting and selling it. And when I received those copies, it was just, you know, it was like five Christmases all together. <laughs> oh, yes. Everything, right? Mm-hmm. That No, it was definitely a really big gift. And like I said, it's just, it's nice seeing your work pay off. And the fact that I'm sure that you've gotten the chance to now um, expose this book to some of your students at the lighting workshops. Absolutely. That they're just so excited, you know, to to have such something that's tangible to take home. Absolutely. And it, it really reinforces everything that they experience when they come to one of the workshops or even do a one-on-one tutoring session with me because now they've, there's muscle memory. You experience it, but then you go home and you look and you see the technique, you know, in black and white or color uh, on the printed page, and you can really relate to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so I, I think it's an excellent um, achievement. You know, being the author, of course, I'm quite a favorite of it, but uh, <laughs> I think in terms of photographic tutorial books uh, that it really uh, has a place uh, in the photography uh, world. Absolutely. And you self-published this book? I did, You did, yes. and I think that that's interesting as well, because do typical photography books, are you said, were published by... Well, uh, there's a number of publishers of mm-hmm. photography books, and I initially wanted to go that route, but um, I realized, and after speaking with some of them, that, you know, obviously they have their two cents that they want to add to it. 
Um, and so they kind of take control in, in the right sort of way. Mm-hmm. But I, I wanted to have the full experience of publishing it myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting the ISBN number and, and all of those things. I may, you know, reach out, mm-hmm. you know, to, uh, to a publisher at some point. But to have the full experience of creating it and publishing it myself has been really wonderful. Yes, it's so rewarding. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that you did because it's just so beautiful. I'm so proud. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And so with that being said, we do have to take another quick little break. So keep it right here. You're listening to The Fame Game. If the financial markets interest you, if you want to potentially earn a higher return, if you're not satisfied with your investment returns, or if you're only making 1% on your investments sitting in the bank, do you see the stock market hitting record highs but feel you have no one to trust? Voice America's own Jordan Kimmel, the host of Magnet Investing for over seven years, is applying his strategies of magnet investing and is managing individual accounts. Jordan Kimmel has joined InvestView, the Red Bank, New Jersey investment education and asset management firm. And his team can help you. Contact Jordan and the team at InvestView at 732-380-7271 or by email at jkimmel at investview.com. If you would like a complimentary portfolio review or to speak to a representative, Call us. Past performance of investments are not indicative of future results. Investing is inherently risky. All recommendations should be researched by the investor. Call InvestView at 732-380-7271. That's 732-380-7271. Join us every week for the Paper Hope Street Team. None of our topics are off the table. This is a program that you can listen to and discuss with your family. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the Internet Radio Airwaves, we'll talk about the topics you want to talk about, such as friendship and relationships, or some more controversial issues about sex, drugs, and underage drinking. Join the Paper Hope Street Team, live every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. Let's talk soon. Looking for a great sports show from a kid's point of view? Look no further than Speaking of Sports. We've got the stats, scores, and inside news on what's happening all over the sports world. It's all hard-hitting, can't-miss action from your point of view. You'll hear different perspectives, opinions, and predictions from the fans and experts. Tune in to Speaking of Sports every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Miss just one minute of this show and you've missed out. You're tuned in to Maddie Rose and the Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fame Game. So we're having some amazing conversation with David, I mean, about this book. Like I said, I'm just a strong supporter of it. If you're looking for a wonderful photography book where you can take home, sit down, you know, explore some techniques, try some new ideas, um, definitely check out David's book, Creative OCF Lighting Techniques for Photographers. And David, can you mention really quick, too, um, how they can purchase this book? Absolutely. Um, The first and primary way, of course, would be to come to one of my workshops. Which we encourage that. Yes, certainly. Hands-on experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, uh, if you go to my website, and it's really an easy address to remember, it's davidlloydphoto.com. 
But I would interject that Lloyd is spelled with two L's, so it's L-L-O-Y-D, Y as in yoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so uh, davidlloydphoto.com, and then you'll see a brief synopsis of my book uh, with uh, some sample uh, pages, and then there is a link you know, to go ahead and order the book. If you come to also, there's a link on my website uh, that will take you over to my lighting workshops. And from there, if you, you know, uh, go to the lighting workshop and then you'll have the experiential mm-hmm. uh, uh, memory of that to be able to apply what you see in the book. So that's a really good uh, approach. I also have uh, copies available at Changing Hands Bookstore in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, they were nice enough to um, let me, you know, put Wonderful. some of my books there. Um, I am exploring uh, Amazon right now uh, to have my book available there as well. But I really, really encourage uh, photographers who are interested in uh, lighting, and in particular OCF, that means off-camera flash, and it primarily has to do with the small uh, speed lights, uh, and being able to use those in a very creative way. And uh, so having the experience of the workshop or one-on-one tutoring is a great way to uh, then augment off what you've learned by having a copy of my book. Yes, and we would love to meet you. I'm there from time to time, so <laughs> we'd love to work with you. Wonderful. <laughs> yes. And David, so what's next for you? I mean, you published this book. You you know, it's now on sale. Um, what are you up to now? A second book or what are you thinking? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm probably thinking of doing a book which is going to be dedicated to I guess you'd call not necessarily replicating, but creating a whole series, even though my current book has 1940s Hollywood, you know, style lighting and and photographs in it, I'd like to devote a complete book to that style of lighting. So where I'm taking early black and white photographs and recreating the ambiance of that and, and the pose and the lighting and then creating a tutorial about how that was accomplished. Um, that's, you know, book number two that's in, you know, kind of churning the, the, the wheels in my yes. mind. Well, we get a sneak peek of it. I'm so honored that yes. we, we know what the second book is about. <laughs> We're so excited. <laughs> and then uh, along with that, or possibly a third book, is that, you know, from my days at Vivitar, where I was actually designing sure. lighting equipment, um, I have come up with some new designs of actually how to replicate uh, the 40s lighting style with a particular lighting modifier that I've recently invented. And I've been exploring that. So that will very likely also either be a third book or be an augmentation to the Hollywood in the 40s, uh, you know, recreated in today's uh, time in the... um, 2000s. Yes, of course. No, that is so wonderful. Well, congratulations on all of your success with this book. And we can't wait to see what you have for the second and third one, of course, or possibly, like you said, the second one, just depending if it's going to augment off of all of the information in that one. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, you're going to continue with your lighting workshop. So that's always, you know, a wonderful way, as you said and mentioned, uh, to really get the hands-on experience and really, you know, take the initiative to actively 
work with these techniques because it's so different uh, to to read about them. Whereas when you act upon them and have a visual of it, then you, like you said, you get the whole 360 experience. Oh, and absolutely. And I also need to mention that uh, Tempe Camera is also carrying my book and uh, we're going to be planning, I don't have a date yet, but probably a book signing. Oh, that's lovely. Well, let us know. (laughs) We can check out Facebook and uh, keep up with you there. And if there's any way that I can publicize that as well, just let me know. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So, David, uh, where, where do you see yourself in the next five years? What would you like to be doing? I would love to be able to have a photography school. So it's going to be a combination of a studio and school environment and to really be able, because I also teach not just outdoor environmental portraiture, uh, but also studio portraiture. And of course, the studio portraiture is more along the lines of, you know, what they were doing in the 40s, but there are also techniques which have evolved over the years uh, in terms of the way in which lighting has changed and a studio environment can be very powerful for that. So that's what I'm looking towards in the next five or so years is to create uh, a physical location for uh, teaching photography and lighting. That's lovely. I think that that would be a great asset to people to get involved with, of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like anybody trying to go into different fields or professions, and like I said, even just trying to explore photography in itself, take for that. For example, you have to go out in the community and kind of see what opportunities are available for you to explore that. So whether it's a class, you know, hands-on training, um, having a photography school would be absolutely wonderful, especially for all those who, again, want to go into professional photography and really get that full experience and and learn most of your techniques as well. Yes. I'm very excited to that uh, prospect. Yes. Well, I can't wait to see that happen. Me too. I I have so much faith in you, (laughs) so I'm sure that it it will definitely happen and I'll be excited to cheer you along along the way. (laughs) And depending on how much time we have, I have a couple of funny stories. Yes, please do. We have a few more minutes. So Okay, so this first story is has to do with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> this was maybe four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we went up, you and your mom and I, to Sitgraves National Park mm-hmm. uh, to the Mugian Rim. <gasps> yes. <laughs> it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> So what I wanted to do um, was to photograph you at that beautiful location. And I think we had been there once before, but this particular day when we arrived, it was raining. It was hailing. <laughs> it was hailing in the middle of the video. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we ventured out, you know, to see if we could, you know, catch a, a moment or two where it, it wasn't uh, pouring. <laughs> and then... You know, here I had my my iPhone at the time, and I was taking, you know, a video of you for fun and and to hopefully, you know, be able to take photos later. And then all of a sudden it started hailing. And so that video of you being hailed on. Is on YouTube. (laughs) It is still on YouTube. So if you'd like to see a funny video, please do check it out. I encourage you. Yeah, I don't know what was happening. I was screaming. I was freaking out. I was like, what is happening? It's hailing. (laughs) I was going crazy. And I couldn't say, I mean... I got it now. It's the Mugian Rim, but I kept calling it the Mongolian Rim, like Mongolian beef from like Chinese uh-huh. restaurants. And I'm right. like, gosh, I just couldn't do it. 
So another really funny story, and this goes way back when my daughter Cindy Mm -hmm. was actually younger than you were at that time. She was eight. And uh, she had a bunk bed in her um, uh, bedroom. There were three kids, uh, Cindy, Olivia, and Catherine. Anyway, I turned her bedroom into an an evening dark room because that was the only time I could get, you know, the the windows blocked off and not have sunlight coming in. So uh, I would create a pitch dark environment so I could, you know, do the enlargements, um, you know, in a dark environment. And I had a, a portable chemistry, uh, well, I guess it would be a, um, what do you call it, developer mm-hmm. that was a tube that would roll and you'd pour chemistry and put the paper in and you could do it in an environment where you could turn the lights back on. Sure. And then you just use a few ounces of chemistry and then you pour it into a, a bucket, you know, full of water before you dispose of it. Well, I used to keep the paper up on the second bunk and I kept this uh, trash can, basically, that I would have the warm chemistry that I'd pour out once I'd developed the photo. I was coming down the ladder of the bunk bed because I'd just reached get the paper to load, and I stepped right in the middle of that trash oh, bag no. full of chemistry, knocked it down all over the rug. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, I'd flip out. I'd be like, what did I do? And it, you know, it was a tragedy, a, tra- a minor tragedy at the time. But looking back on it, it was such a funny story of, you know, photographers are very much, you know, DIY. Yes, they'll do anything to get, you know, that perfect <laughs> shot. No, I believe it. I've had photographers go up on ladders to get that perfect angle. And mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Like, it's whatever you need, I'm here. <laughs> right. So, and there's always funny stories, you know, that uh, occur from, you know, taking the the uh, the project to that next level. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, David, for coming on my show. I am so, so glad that you were able to come on and not only share your story, but talk about your wonderful book and tell us about some of your newest and latest and greatest projects. And like I said, we'll continue looking out for you. And of course, I'll always continue working with you. So... I Wonderful. very much appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's a, a mutual admiration society. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much. So with that being said, that's the end of the show. Hope you guys enjoyed, and I'll see you next week. Thank you again for listening to The Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Be sure to join Maddie Rose again next week for another great show. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN.